Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, play in house with your best friend. We talk about friendship before and after kids with actress-comedians Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham. Plus, Biz has a bad feeling about this. Woo! Hey, Biz. Hi. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm actually in Reno, Nevada, driving up to Truckee because that's where I live. Um, but I just saw a license plate that made me think about you, and I just wanted to say what it is, and then I have a question for you. <laughs> So the license plate said banjo one. So my question for you is, have you played your banjo lately? Anyways, um, I'm doing an okay job. I <laughs> my middle kid is has a cold, so all the kids are home because of COVID. Because even though she's a negative COVID test, no school for kids, even with no symptoms. So I'm hanging in, but that's my question for you. Have you played your banjo? <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. I, maybe we should turn this whole segment into a, woo, ask me a question. Because <laughs> not like I haven't shared enough personal information on this show. First of all, I think you're doing an amazing job. And I know you say you're hanging in there. But with kids sick and home, when you know they really could go to school because they ain't that sick. Because it's just like a runny nose because of COVID. That sucks. And like the line, no school for kids. No school for kids. The 2020 story. No school for kids. Which I think is going to be right there in connection with what I have a bad feeling about. Anyway, it is time for thank yous. Thank you. Thank you. We don't have a theme song for thank yous yet. Okay, guys, pandemic's still happening. Still a need to be thanking, even when this pandemic is over. A hundred years from now. We will still want to be thanking all of those people who have gone above and beyond or really just gone out and done their fucking job and deserve some appreciation and respect. So here we are. Time for thank yous. Everyone in the medical profession, you're, you're so great. I don't need to, I don't know if I need to elaborate, but if you would like me to elaborate because you need to hear it, I am still banging my mental pots and pans for you in celebration the burnout has got to be just tangible at this point. Thank you for continuing to show up. Thank you for continuing to take care of us. You know, your nurses, your doctors, your EMTs, you're literally taking care of us. And I really appreciate it. Thank you to all the people who work within the medical facilities from the people who help clean those facilities so that they stay sanitized and safe for all of us, to those who provide the personal protection devices, to those who know how to operate the oxygen tanks, everybody, everybody, appointment makers, Ooh, you have the patience of a saint. You're amazing. You are all doing amazing and I really see you and I really appreciate you. Teachers, teachers, school's almost out for summer. Da, 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 da. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be that relaxing this year either. But school, teachers, faculty, staff, 
all of you, you are amazing. I cannot tell you the anger I have with the lack of pay and support for teachers by our government or just the, our, how we've decided things should go in this country in terms of salaries is enough to make my head fall off and me want to kick it through the field goal. You guys deserve CEO level paychecks and your classrooms should be teeming with the supplies that you need. I think you are amazing and I will forever work towards making that happen for you. Librarians, libraries, you're starting to open back up. Hey, everybody, libraries are starting summer reading programs. Go to your library. I just found out my library will check out Switch games. Guys, go to your libraries online and see what is available to you. They want to let you borrow things. It's so great. Thank you to people getting their vaccines, people taking their vaccines, people giving vaccines, people signing you up for vaccines, people calling to remind you for vaccines. Thank you, vaccines. Everybody, the list goes on and on. Everybody from people who are still making food available and happen at grocery stores to the post office. I, I know that things are quote unquote returning back to normal, but the, it's not. Not for you. <laughs> not for people who have been working nonstop since this thing began to make life even resemble normalcy. So once again, thank you. I see you and you are doing an amazing job. Speaking of the pandemic, this is how I am. <laughs> okay, I have been touching my banjo every which way. <laughs> I have, I'll, I'm going to go there. I have been finger picking my banjo. That's right, Scruggs style. If that doesn't sound sexy, I don't know what is. I have been, thank you very, very much. I am slowly chicken pecking my way through and it's very meditative. I have no goals of being on the Grand Old Opry or Austin City Limits, despite my banjo teacher constantly saying to me, here's a little lick you can do when you're just in a jam session and somebody's like, play this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> just, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, it's okay. It's, we're, we don't, we're never going to be in a jam situation. All right. Uh, anyway, so I, it also, your story reminds me of a license tag that we saw, <laughs> we saw once. Okay, we were here and we just moved to Los Angeles and Pasadena and we're driving and Kat, who at the time was probably like three, maybe, I don't think Ellis was around, but we are driving behind a car whose license place says U-K-E-H-U-N-T. And we always, whenever we see license plates, we always say them out loud to try and figure out what they are. And I'm like, huh, what is that? Uke hunt. A uke. Uke hunt. Uke hunt. Like for ukuleles? And Stefan was like, Jesus Christ, Elizabeth. And I was like, oh, oh, it's not about ukuleles. <laughs> Still my favorite license tag I've ever, I can't believe that person got away with it, but they did. Anyway, you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you for asking me about the banjo. This is 
this is where I am, guys. Actually, a little, <laughs> Gabe, Gabe had a nice word for me today, bumpy. It's been a little bumpy. It's been a little bumpy. I may have mixed feelings about my children. <laughs> I uh, may have mixed feelings about summer. Uh, I may have mixed feelings about all the things I can and cannot control, mainly the ones I cannot control. I feel fine about things I can control. But with vaccinations and basically this sort of running theme of things, quote unquote, slowly getting back to normal, though that sentence is not well defined (laughs) by all the people using it. I worry that that leads to us all feeling like everything is actually back to normal. It's a very quick, like, very fast slope to go from things might return to normal to everything is normal. And in fact, it's over. In fact, it's almost as if it didn't even happen. And I had this moment when I was talking about this with Stefan. You know, because I'm still confused as to like, what are we doing? I don't, it's not over, is it? I said, oh my God, oh my God. If everybody runs out and fucks this up this summer (laughs) and we can't go back to school in September because everybody ran around as if this never happened and was still not out there and there were still not threats of rising numbers, I'm going to break just like in half. I'm going to break right down the middle. It won't be a clean break. I do not think my children will be able to hand. I think they will break further. Like the, the two days a week that they Zoom school now are just shit shows. They're just shit days. They're just like, that. no one can do it. I feel so bad for the teachers that they even have to pretend like, the remote days are even valid because everybody's ah, just all over the place. They've tasted the back in person and that is where they want to live. You can't taste the in person and then go back to Zoom. You just can't. So yeah, that is my new state of anxiety and fear. And I apologize for that now being planted in all of your minds. <laughs> You're welcome. This is not something I want to be right about down the road. But what has, of course, gotten me through the pandemic is not only having a friend in my own house, the guy that I married, but also having friends around me like Teresa and others. And I think that ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is friendships before and after and during kids. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am so excited to welcome two wonderfully funny, talented people, First, there is Jessica St. Clair, who is an actress and comedian and who can currently be seen on HBO's Avenue 5 and in Netflix's Space Force. She can also be seen on ABC's The Goldbergs and American Housewife and in such films as Bridesmaids and She's Out of My League. And she is currently together with June Diane Raphael. She hosts the new instant hit podcast, Deep Dive. 
Lennon Parham is an actress and comedian who will next be seen on HBO Max series Minx. Prior to that, she starred and directed on the ABC sitcom Bless This Mess. Among her many film and TV credits, you can see her as senior advisor Karen <laughs> Collins, whose specialized field was, quote, common sense on HBO's Veep, and rocking shoulder pads as Liz Fleming, the feminist math teacher on ABC Schooled. Guess what, guys? They know each other. They both gained notoriety while performing at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. They host the cult favorite podcast, Womp It Up. And together, they co-created and co-starred in NBC's Best Friends Forever and USA's critically acclaimed comedy playing house. Do, 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 do. Welcome. Welcome. That was, was that the Welcome. longest intro that Did you've you ever like had that? to do? No, it felt obviously. No. Like it might be. That was the double it, whammy. Like, did it feel like that? <laughs> well, we're not having you on here to talk about your comedy expertise, ladies. <laughs> Although, I mean, parenting, <laughs> comedy, one in the same. It's all the same. It is painful and truth and comedy. Yeah. Funny. You're, you're, truth you're and comedy. so often not landing with no. your audience. Something they're women often, shouldn't be very doing. aggressive. <laughs> bombing. Yeah. That's right. Before we get into talking about what I want to talk to you guys about today, I want to ask you what we ask all of our guests, which is who lives in your house? Uh, Jessica, I'm going to start with you. Jessica, who lives in your house? All right. Who lives in my house is a seven and a half year old named uh-huh. BB. Uh-huh. girl my daughter and we have a very old old schnauzer named mm. emma a grandma okay um and that's it that wait a second what else <laughs> oh my <laughs> husband <laughs> <laughs> my husband mm. that's right he's also there he's currently taking care of my seven and a half year old <laughs> so i should remember him a shout out to my husband i'm like um who was it hillary swank who didn't thank mm. her husband was it Reese? Who didn't thank her husband on the Oscars? Remember that? And then they divorced like five seconds later. later. There was yeah. a Ben Affleck. Remember when Ben Affleck was like, it's work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever you say it's work, you are on the way out. Or out, you're already divorced. Yeah. You're already divorced. Definitely a cue and alert word. <laughs> All right. Good to know about word. where the priorities fall in the house. Yep. Sometimes the dogs get listed first. That's fine. <laughs> Let's see so how it shakes out over at Lennon's house. Well, Lennon's now Lennon's going to act like I know, my loving now. husband is number one in my life. I know. Look, Lennon reached out to right. me before the show and was like, could you make me look really good, better than Jessica? And I yep. was like, I, it, not hard. Yes. <laughs> She'll fuck up within the first uh, yes. five minutes. So, yeah, that's not hard. <laughs> All right. Well, Lennon, I was who late. lives in I your was house? Late. Doesn't that count? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I live here, and that's oh, yes, the most important wow. thing. Wow. No. Yeah. No, self care, guys. Self care, <laughs> self love. And then my husband uh, lives with me, Javier, and then our daughter Soraya. She's eight, going on seventeen. And Kai, our four and a half year old uh, little boy, and then our cat, Nina Simone Jackson. <laughs> Very nice. I like <laughs> Nina Simone Jackson. As a name for a cat. Anyway, that, you guys are friends. I want to. <laughs> you guys have yes. been working together for a long time. We've established that uh, in the bios, all the different projects, and mm-hmm. in fact, many of your projects involve you guys being friends. Yeah. In the actual projects, but before 
we touch on that. I wanted to know a little bit about how how long have you guys been friends? And, you know, who's the better one? Who's mm-hmm, the better mm-hmm. one? Well, it's yeah. all about competition, as yeah, you know. I know. Friendship. I know. You're from the South. <laughs> I know. I know I know how to be a friend. I know Listen, I really did friend. get into it. And I in in elementary school there was mm. a baking competition and I made a cream cheese pound cake and I lost mm. to the daughter of the girl who whose family owned the bakery the town bakery yeah. and I was like I call a bullshit bullshit yeah because I did this in an oven a, not even a gas oven an electric, no, electric. oven yeah electric yeah. and you have never seen such moisture in yeah. a cake yeah. That's right. Anyway, you know how it goes. I do. I do. It's power. It's all about power. Well, you know, Lennon and I, we did meet when there were very few women at at our theater. At UCB. Yeah, because, you know, it just didn't, it didn't attract lots of women in the very beginning. You know, listen, it's only our experience, but the UCB, because one of the founders was Amy Poehler, she actually was the reason a lot of us came and stayed yeah but I do remember coming in and it being all men and yeah. being so uncomfortable I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to relate I thought I was going to quit and I remember yeah. my friend Kristen said you just have to find a broom and start sweeping because I was an intern and, <laughs> and nobody questioned somebody with a broom that's true. And and so I did. I swept for like the first year, but I didn't meet, you know, like we it was hard because there were so few women. We were all placed on different teams. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you were lucky if there was another girl uh, on the team. Maybe there was another two girls. So in my my group, there was three girls, including myself. So it was a while before we made our really close girl friendships. And I would say it wasn't until I got to L.A. that mm-hmm. I really found my group of girls and Lennon, of course, is numero uno. Um, <laughs> but we didn't meet until we were out here. We never performed together. We only well, admired Jess each was other. Already on, like she, when I first came, I mean, she, I'm the older one here, but when I got to UCB, Jess was already on like a legendary uh, House Herald team called yeah. Mother. Which, if I told you who was on it, you would be like, oh my God, they're all famous, right? Yeah. So when I got there, I was still taking classes. So she was like already legend status. And so when <laughs> I not, passed legend her, was in my tr- own mind. True. <laughs> no, it isn't. Lennon no, but- just recently said when we had our first date, Lennon was like, I was nervous because. Please do an impression of me always. I was nervous <laughs> because you, you were such a, a big shot at the theater. I'm like, oh, really? I was still cleaning toilets. You're still when with I was broom in your hand. I was yeah. still with a broom in my hand. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but but when I my first team had like a bunch of ladies on it, so it was I mean it was you like were half, the young, you were the next generation. Normally, it was just like one woman for yeah. every seven dudes, but honestly, like I always felt very comfortable around it because because I mean I'd always been I don't know wearing the big boy pants. Yeah, kind yeah, of, of course. You know what I mean? Like to be a comedian yeah. or to try to be the funny one in a group. Like it was just kind of easier with the boys somehow because that was just the makeup of every comedy group that you came across so right so you guys have created you met out here you created shows your two tv shows best friends forever and playing house were very much about your friendship and Mm -hmm. and not just about your friendship but like I think Laverne and Shirley I think Kate and Allie when I think about like 
shows that allowed women's friendships to be the forefront of yeah, the right. stories. Those were our like points of reference. Yeah, so there. We, yeah, and we did it. We really did it. You did it. <laughs> you, you nailed it. I, as a person of my age, knows exactly those two <laughs> shows. Those yeah, very formative shows of my life. I know that back in my New York sketch days, you would get comments like stuff that that's that's kind of a woman's joke. Right, like there, there was sort of like this. I remember they were very upset that a girl on my team, Tara Copeland, it's so funny, but we would a lot of times have a sleepover scenes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they were like, enough with the sleepover scenes, and we're like, you know what? I would argue there hasn't been enough sleepover scenes. Yeah, I would. I would argue we're never going to stop. And then we just (sighs) kept doing sleepovers. Yeah. I mean, how many times am I going to have to watch you guys kick each other in the nuts for a laugh? Yeah, right? Like, space. Men love like, space. I, they do. They love space. But with the You're TV two space shows, shows right now. <laughs> She's yes. currently on two space shows. Both created by men. And they the love only space. woman. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so here you are pitching this show, not only about two women friends, but like you guys bring the intimacy of friendship, right? Like it's definitely the feeling of when you have a friendship like this and you are the other person in the room with these two friends, you're really just there to watch these two friends. (laughs) And they'll they'll circle back, they'll pick you up, but they're, you know, like they're in their own rhythm, their own, you know, pacing, their own language. How were you guys able to pitch that and was there was there any pushback or were they like, you know what, here at the CW, we have wildcats. So we, you know, we already are there on the same page. Well, it was it was hard to find a, an, a home for it. Yeah. And and we actually had to both times. We didn't have to, but I do believe we had to in order to show them what we were going to do. But in order to like a script wouldn't have really cut it. So we always said, give us a very little amount of money. And we will shoot it and show yeah. it to you. And so we did that with with Best Friends Forever. We wrote a script and they weren't willing to give us a full pilot order. They said, why don't you, you know, shoot a couple minutes? And we were like, give us the money and we'll shoot all, th- you know, and we delivered yeah. 30 minutes back to them. And the same thing with Playing House. They were like, you know, write us a script. And we were like, no, give us this money and we'll just deliver you back a pilot. Because I think the way women talk and the way they overlap each other and the way on a on page it wouldn't we don't necessarily no, I, do set up punchline set up punchline all the time right so so i think that we did have to do it a different way but it's also like when you get a script you know a lot of times the script can sing but like if yeah. there's not chemistry between the characters which are cast randomly right? right so you've paid all this money for this to for this script but then you cast two people that are that they just Have it feels met. like they don't know each other because they don't you know right it's like lightning in a bottle I feel like we brought that undeniable chemistry so when we pitch we're doing basically we're setting up the world but we're also like slipping into a scene yeah and so it's there for you to see and feel and you just like kind of want it you know what I mean because that comes like with the package deal all right friendship friendship okay pre post children yeah Yeah. and during children so your kids are not like they're five months apart five months apart our daughters oh really yeah see we did see we did it right because Mm. 
And I would say yeah. I did it right because did Lenin it. got pregnant. I'm going to murder and- you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to murder you. Lenin got pregnant and I was like, oh my God, I got mad. I she was mad I at me. I should do that. I was no. mad at her she because at I thought. And I had been saying, we got to have kids. I'm going to have a kid. And she was like, I don't like this idea. <laughs> I didn't want anything to change. I really didn't. And I she was- didn't want to slow down. We Cause then we would, we were, yeah. you know, we'd just done best friends forever, but that was like the first thing I knew when best friends forever got canceled was that, was that, that I was had your... needed to have a kid because right I could then. not hang my happiness on someone's decision. Someone's like random decision about something that I had basically just given birth to. Yeah. Well, right. uh, we are talking about the TV show. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's what it felt yeah. like because we both. No, I, I mean, we both had. God, we had both like been to the hospital. We had both been in the yes. ER at points during this because it was our first real project. It was blood, sweat, and tears. We didn't know and- how to set healthy boundaries. Mm. None of that. And so I was like, "Well, God, if I have a baby, <laughs> at least somebody will leave me alone for like at least two weeks." Isn't yeah. that interesting? Did, did that? Did that? Did, did you get no. left alone for two weeks yes, after you had I a baby? Did. I, I love, did. I love this notion of like blood, sweat, and tears and not knowing how to set boundaries. And I'm like 11 years, two kids in. Boundaries are still a fucking joke. Like boundaries oh, are like, God. look at me. I did they it. Always I have be. a boundary. It's and always then, a challenge. Yeah. My and child s- is modeling good boundaries for me. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like she was like, well, I just said no. I didn't want to do it. I'm like, yeah. what was that like? Tell me more. Yeah. How did okay. you get the courage? So are you still yes. friends? It's interesting. You said the thing about I was so mad that you wanted to have kids, right? I appreciate you saying it because that's actually a real thing. Uh, even though we sometimes laugh our way through it, that is mm-hmm. same with getting married or moving. Those big life changes are hard on your friends. Yeah. They are. It's also, it's really scary because like, you don't know how it's going to change you. And you've, and maybe for both Jess and I, we had friends and people that had gone before us who had had kids and had dropped out or totally gone mom head first. I was convinced or the opposite. I would, I don't know why, but I, I thought she was going to join an ashram and just like, yeah, breastfeed till they were like 25. Maybe it was the midwife. Yeah, yeah, but I, <laughs> in retrospect, but I remember though, when I, I was, we were still in New York when we had our first and all of my yeah, I, comedy friends, none of them have had kids and none of them still have kids. And that's great. But I was the only one. Yeah. And I know that there was the fear of disappearing, but I remember also going through and still have thoughts of feeling left. Right, like feeling left after you have a kid, yeah. right? There's yeah. the, there oh, is yeah. a like abandoned. Ex- yeah, there's an expectation of this is what you're doing now. Or I remember we had one set of really good friends say, "Well, we just stopped putting you on the emails because you can never come." And I was like, "Fuck right. you! Right. I will be the one who decides when I can come. Please still mm. put me on the emails." And right. like, I think it goes both ways when it comes to friendships like how much are you willing to stick it out with the person through the big change and how much are you because like when a kid shows up in your house wow that was that was a surprise and I (laughs) I, like I don't know about you guys but like I I'm not like a mom I mean like I am but like newborns aren't my place to Mm. be 
Mm-hmm. And so that was like a really crazy time. It's a crazy shock. Yeah. And so was the was the trick was the solution. And this is to Jessica was the trick just having a baby right after. Was it just like, okay, you're pregnant. I should, the only way I'm going to save this friendship is for me to get pregnant because pregnancy (laughs) helps all situations. That's not a good reason to have a baby. (laughs) I thought that was how you saved your marriage too. Yep. (laughs) Oh yeah, that always works. (laughs) Yep. No, you know, I really, I knew I wanted to be a mother and, but I also know that I hate change. And so honestly, if it weren't for Lennon going forward, like a pioneer, and like you know and at like this point the... we're 36 35 yeah. like yeah. oh and it was like it was like yeah. news to me I should have sped up and right. you know it was, <laughs> it was kind of funny because after um not funny at all but after I got cancer I had breast cancer I'm totally fine now but after I had it I was like right before I did Kibo, they looked at my eggs to see like can we get some out of there and he was like oh my god there's so few he was like thank <laughs> god <laughs> You got pregnant when you did. Wow. Because I what thought I'm Irish nice Catholic. thing to say. I know my mother, I know, right? But he was right. Like, so no, I really he was felt right. Like I, that's still a dick thing to say. Whoa, lady, <laughs> you don't have enough eggs left. I'd like it. you to go home I, and stay up all night thinking about this. In fact, <laughs> I hope these words haunt you for fucking ever. <laughs> no, he didn't. He definitely didn't say it like that. But he was just, like. Not like this? Ooh, no, no, he didn't. Right. He was like the nicest man on the planet. But he really was like, you know, we're lucky that you did have your kid when you did. Because yeah. so I'm glad that but Lennon will had it will you tell the story about why you went and got pregnant? Well, and it wasn't the, because of me. Maybe you were maybe you were thinking about it. Sort of. But I wasn't pulling the trigger. And then I did a movie called Enough Said with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And it was a very small part. She was massaging me. I was one of her massage clients because she's a masseuse in this movie, which if you have not seen it, is one I of the most so good movies. For a split <laughs> second, I was thinking just offset. And I was like, that is so nice. <laughs> yeah, Go yeah. Ahead. Oh, it, but by the way, she trained as a masseuse, of course, because she's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. So she was like really good at it. And I hadn't gotten a pedicure, which I really regretted. And I said to her, like, I'm so sorry for what's about to happen. She was like, what do you mean? Um, and anyway, she and I immediately, I mean, I was already in love with her, but we really instantly had a connection. And within like the first, I don't know, hour of meeting her, she said, so what's the deal? Are you going to get pregnant or what? And she really says to this day, she's like, Jessica, I don't say that to people. That is a strange and very mm-hmm, invasive mm-hmm. thing to say. Yeah. And I don't know why I had the feeling I needed to ask you. And I said, well, I just really feel like I need to wait until my career is in like an acceptable spot. Because I really thought you have a baby, it destroys your career. I really mm-hmm. just assumed, it, you know, it can. <laughs> it, it totally I mean, it doesn't can. have to, but I mean, like it, it, it can. It really depends on a lot of stuff. But yeah, exactly. go ahead. Sorry. Exactly. Yep. So she said, what are you like going to be so upset if you don't do that guest star, you know, on like Gary Unmarried? Like, what are you doing? Have a baby right now. You should get pregnant tonight. And I was like, that's funny. But part of it was, too, she really is. She loves being a mother. She just Mm -hmm. is like in love with being a mother. And her kids were at this point, you know, in high school school and like. You know, she just was, you know, saying, don't miss this. And so anyway, I on my drive home, I was like, I can't believe 
to Dan. I said, I met my, my idol, you know, everything about her is perfect. And she told me to get pregnant tonight. It's so funny to go off the pill. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and so I did. And like, I got pregnant immediately, which also then timing wise, I was like, this is going to ruin our show. Cause mm. we were already scheduled, right? Lennon, were we already scheduled at this point to yeah. shoot? I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, it was the pilot. We were shooting our pilot of playing house and I was in the pilot and the se- first season, eight months pregnant. So, and Jess was like three months, three months pregnant. So, but like, we were just at the point where you could yeah. hide it on me. Yeah. yeah. And so like, we hit it, it with timed her, out like perfectly. a lot of empire tops yeah. and then, <laughs> and baskets of laundry or whatever. And then I was really <laughs> eight months pregnant on the show on in the pilot. That's my real daughter inside of me. How did the did the friendship change after kids? Did they did you guys? I think you guys clearly survived it. Well, we it deepened for us. It de- it literally made it better. I think I think that the also too we had we had the structure of of our job huh. where we explored female friendship because like, I mean, when yeah. we when we started working together, we were not best friends. And yeah. then through exploring female friendship, we became best friends, right? Like to the point that we were like totally up each other's buttholes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. very like intimate. Yeah. And then when I had a child and then I was in the writer's room week 12, like with a newborn uh for season one of our show yes yes thanks for making that face i'm making the face and yes, the baby jess was jess was pregs and finished make another face. her pregnancy in the writer's room mm-hmm. and i had my nanny meet me there i saw soraya at lunch breaks and would nurse her or nap with her or whatever and then go back and work until 5 30 and you know filmed season two after jess gave birth to bb and so it was sort of built to around the fact that we were mothers like we yeah. had to take nursing breaks and we had to take we had to have our nannies with us at all times and it was structured in a way and because we were the EPs we could kind of call some of those shots like yeah if we if I was an actor on someone else's show I would feel very uncomfortable oh my having God. my nanny and my baby with me at all times mm-hmm. because there I think it's the the assumption is that the show should be your priority right right but when you're in charge of it and you can admit to each other, this show is not my priority. I do want to do a great job, but the priority right now is this three month old. Yeah, that's right. You know, then that realigns everything. And I think we agreed on that. And also right. we were telling this, you know, it was also a dream come true because we were yeah. telling, we got to tell 10 episodes and it was like, this, these, the dream writer's room and the dream cast and all of that. And we were it was filming. was a beautiful time. Yeah. yeah. All right. There are now, there are now kids in your house and some of them are old enough to have opinions and personalities. Oh, and that's, oh for sure. That's all the time, 24 seven. So pre-kid versus post-kid. This is my favorite questions. Uh, thoughts on what your kids' friendships would, A, do your kids even like each other? Two, 
so, like I imagine my kids just naturally making friends very easy and you would see kids like preschool or something like two kids just like locked arms at four years old completely understanding the point of friendship and just being great mine mm-hmm. th- just, that turned out not to be even even remotely true and <laughs> yeah. friendships are still weird things yeah. even at like 11 and I have found myself full of friendship baggage that I wasn't <laughs> That I right, thought I was going to be really cool about. And now yeah. I'm like, that friend is monopolizing your time. Right, but it's very I hard don't like not their to haircut. yourself. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can't. I mean, I'm also like, oh, shut, yeah. the, shut up. Save it for your husband or the cat. Because the moment you say something, they're going to run. They're going to run from you. Well, that's, and, or they'll run into the arms of the person you yes. don't like. That's I the know. thing. And you know I what? Know, I look back experience. and I, I call my mother and I'm like, I when you said that that yeah. friend was bad news yeah. and yet I went ahead and then let her tell me to get bangs. Yeah, exactly. Truly horrendous look on me. I, I you know, I should have listened to her. She was right every single time. Your children are not going to tell you that until they are much, much older. Maybe if they've had kids uh, and they began to empathize with anything that you've ever done in your That's existence. Right. That's right. Lennon, I'll start with you. Do you pre-post kids' thoughts on kids' friendships? Also, you don't have to be like, I expect my children. You're from the South, so I understand yeah. there are some layers when it comes to like Well, you have to have home training. When you're from the South, yes. you have to be polite. And I have, I, I will tell you, I have failed is at much that. more polite around Lennon. Lennon yeah. has a good look that she can yeah. give. It's she can like- nail the look. <laughs> my children are like heathens and could not last two minutes in the south mm-hmm. given their well their i mean let's we have to mother. give them a wide berth because like nobody we haven't been out to eat in such mm-hmm. a long yeah. time I, I it would be it would literally be a nightmare if yeah. we went out My to eat right now six-year-old no still never manners. used a spoon wait he's seven still hasn't used a spoon yeah. for, for cereal i heard the kids were forgetting how to use cutlery during yeah. the pandemic because sure. none of us have sat down i'm just like go i don't know there's no yeah, yeah just, i'm too tired just to be like with your hand yeah, just get the, the shell those peas we all shelled yeah just those scoop them up with your hand in our very loose dresses in squat <laughs> position uh, everything comes in bar form in this house now <laughs> just yeah. I think i don't know if i had any preconceptions about what my kids friendships would be like i did have the sense i didn't want to force mm. like soraya and bb our daughters to be yeah. best friends because i did want to she yeah. did but thank you but like i wanted them to be able to choose each other in the way that their mothers chose each other because that was really powerful and they were there together yeah. all the time with each other i mean we have like obviously we have videos and imagery of Soraya with her hands all over BB when she was, a yeah. you know, a newborn and Soraya was like six months old, yeah. but they have always loved each other. They have always. always loved each other. They've loved being around each other. I mean, it's cute as shit. It's yeah. also never very had a convenient fight. because we Not love in front of being, you. you know, all of us together. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, they've had, they have the same kind of fights that we have, which is yeah. they just do, they both approach <laughs> the life. The fights about how to do, how do to games. do anything. Yeah, yeah how to about do yeah. games. Right. Games. That's right. Like Soraya would like it to follow a rules and, and to be, you know, maybe a yeah. little bit quieter. And BB's just like has destroyed the board before we're yeah. even 
playing the game. Yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> there was a play date. We were in the back, my backyard, and Soraya was so excited to show BB her new chalk and mm. how we were going to use the chalk <laughs> to draw in a certain way. Yeah. And BB took the chalk and 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 screamed with joy and then ran up the stairs and Soraya was like no like that was not the way the chalk was intended to be used we've already decided I've communicated very clearly what we want to do with the chalk and here you are just like doing whatever the fuck you want but yeah but then they just like always 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 (laughs) then they move past it they also are very um you know, because they're very similar in temperament to us, they interact very similarly to how we interact, which so is funny is that, to watch. What is that? Yeah, what is that? It's just for like you guys. Are you well, guys just no? Like... It's just hilarious to us yeah. because okay. I'm like, look, we're we might as well be watching ourselves play yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But in the way that Lennon and I are very different in our mm-hmm. temperaments, but. That is one of the reasons we love each other so much. Yeah. We we complete each other. Mm-hmm. That is similar. Bibi loves, Bibi always says, I love being with Soraya because I feel so relaxed. Because Soraya is more, takes it slower. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's yeah. Southern. She takes her time. When, when Lennon said, my child's not Southern. Just because so her mama is Southern. Southern Californian. I know. Do you, do you make them watch blood. football games? No. <laughs> I do. We have made banana pudding and caramel cake, though. <laughs> Guys. It has been an absolute pleasure having Our you pleasure. here. Thank you so thank you so much for putting out all the things you have been putting out in the world. It is incredibly, I think, normalizing for so many of us uh, who need to actually see themselves. Yeah, it's nice, right? Yeah, it's nice. And I don't mean like, I can see moms fucking everywhere on television, all putting lotion on their elbows and, you know, (laughs) like, it's specific. Well, you remember like once again, oh, like, what was that show? Always, before bed, they're always always in bed putting lotion on their elbows. Oh my God. We all know that. No. If anybody tried to talk to me when I was in the bed, they would get a fucking punch to the face. Like once I hit that, once yeah, I hit that bed, the lights out, down. man. Yeah, we will make sure that people can find the podcast, Womp It Up, as Womp well as up. all of the other things you're doing. I guess I have to ask: Are you guys working on anything new, or are you sick of fucking working together? No, we see each other every day. No. Every day, you're stuck. Now that We're your working. kids are friends. We wrote, We're working we, on a we movie. wrote a movie. We wrote a movie for Universal featuring Gina Rodriguez, and now we're working on another movie that would star us as moms. As moms. Moms. Uh, who, Battling uh, the mafia. Yeah, so get ready. <laughs> Fucking love it. Everybody, again, check these guys out, uh, Jessica and Lennon, and you can find some of the older shows, including Plain House, in which one of my favorite lines ever was uttered, are you those new jeans? They're my pee in the pods. Yes. It and is, I pulled them off of her. Yeah, I tried you tried to pull, to pull them, off. them off. But just that you referred to them as that was, your pee in the pods. Because that was a real thing store? that had happened in our yeah. lives. Uh, well, it's also a real store in which you ever get their pee in the pod maternity jeans. Yeah, you just have to get one pair. You got to you gotta lay down the money for them That's and then right. you wear them every day. Yeah. And you and, know what? But don't I get those apologize. ones. No, Don't. you have to get the full panel all that the comes all the way up to your tits. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So and, I, and I would like to say on air, I 
I apologize to you, Lennon, no. for saying that you shouldn't wear them after the baby's out of you because you should wear them for the first year. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And Thank you for having us. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Okay, you too. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Made In, a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, knives, and wine glasses. Guys, I did not come from a cooking house, and I was fine with that until I met a man named Stephen Lawrence who I <laughs> fell in love with and married, and I learned the importance and beauty of really good Pots and pans yeah. and knives. Mm-hmm. What? They don't go in the dishwasher? <laughs> I mean, for real. You mean I shouldn't take this metal spoon and drag it all across the bottom of it? I don't understand. <laughs> Look, made-in products are made to last, and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven, and their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. You try and tell me that just any old knife is the same as a good knife. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code BADMOTHER. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. Go to maidencookware.com slash badmother and use promo code BADMOTHER for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash badmother. Use promo code badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week as well as our failures and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Teresa, Teresa, Teresa. Teresa is the girl of my heart. Boom, boom. I don't know. I felt like a little barbershop quartet was coming through me. Teresa, it's so nice to see you. You too, Biz. Hi. Hi. Shall Hi. we do our obligatory, how are you? Fine. Call and repeat. Yeah, let's do it. How are you? How are you? Fine. Huh. How are you? Fine. Mm-hmm. Yay, we did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Check. Teresa, genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. I don't know if you can tell over Zoom that my bangs look good. They but... do look good. They are spectacular. Thank you. I'm also getting a thumbs up from Gabe, our producer. Mm -hmm. Thank you. My genius is just that, like, so I've just always been a bangs person. I've always had bangs ever since I was a little kid. Just always (laughs) had bangs. That's that's just that that's just me. That's me. Yeah. Bangs, Teresa. (laughs) And bangs, Teresa. Exactly. Right. And I I never really learned how to properly trim my own bangs. 
my hair has like a weird texture or it has like multiple textures and it's kind of wavy and it's just annoying and I don't I don't do it so I get I go and I get a bang trim that's yeah. what I do like I just go really quick it's very cheap or free depending on who you go to to get a quick bang trim but during the pandemic yeah no. uh, pre pre-vaccination I obviously couldn't get my bangs trimmed and didn't have the patience or energy to learn how to do it myself yeah and just went through terrible phases of growing them out and pinning them back and that was horrible and then I did trim them myself a handful of times and was never never felt okay about <laughs> how that looked so my genius is just that this is the first time where I got like a haircut a month ago and then today I got a bang trim. Like I never, there was never a time where I had to go, oh, I need to figure out what to do about my bangs now. Like yeah. I, I did it in a timely manner. I was like able to do, to, I was able yeah. to not touch my own head and <laughs> and you got just, it. I got the, I got it done and it felt normal. It felt really normal and really really good. Oh, and it is dare I say self-care. It is. It it's self-care. You yeah. I actually actually there's there is a lot to say how this is genius. To give yourself the commitment and allow yourself the space to do the follow-up bang trim. I think yes. that that is that is so good. You're doing you. such a good job. Thanks, Biz. I'm also going to get my first haircut in in like life since wow. this started. So I have yeah. not had my haircut in how long has this? So let's say it's been 15, 14 14 months or 15, 15 months. months. And then yeah. that doesn't even count the like 2 months maybe whatever it was. Yeah. before where before. I had gone and yeah. gotten it done. Yeah, basically I, a year and a half. Let's say a basically. year let's and a half. Let's just say a year and a half, yeah. And yeah. wow, the, I've cut everyone's hair in this house. Oh, yeah, they've of course. All, they've all generously offered to cut mine. And I have <laughs> said, get away from me. <laughs> exactly in that tone. Now, here's the fun thing. What do you think? We've already done shows on mom hair cuts, yeah. right? And how it's like, you have a baby. Yeah. And so you decide to chop all your hair off. You do something yeah. really dramatic. And like, yes. so here we are, year and a half mm -hmm. in a pandemic, which mm -hmm. has basically been like the like newborn phase for a year and a half. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can't go anywhere. How dramatic yeah. do we think I should go? Because I'm not going to color it. This is the important thing. I have okay. just enough like anxiety control to go in for a cut. Yeah. I can't sit for the two no. to five hours no, 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 out no, no. in the world exposed, no. even though I am, you know, vaccinated. Yeah. My comfort no. level, yeah. baby steps. Totally. And, yeah. And so part of me is like, just a trim. And I then know. other parts are like, just a pixie. And then, other, <laughs> and then other parts are like, what about a bob? What about a lob? What about Whoa. a shag? What about? Are you going to somebody that you really trust that no, you've already God, no. gone because to a bunch the of times, or just that I can just trust isn't available for like a million years, or only at like okay. three in the afternoon, which is not yeah. a suitable time for a yeah. person. So I'm going to see somebody there now. Everybody I've ever seen at this salon are good, 
But I will yeah. say, after I made the appointment, I went and looked at the person's Instagram, and it was like, I do one cut. and Because, like, <laughs> every model was the exact same, huh. I, which is fine, because okay. it was fine. Yeah. So get that cut. I'm, I am probably. Get the cut. Doesn't matter yeah. what get. I ask for. I'm yeah, gonna get. That's what that you're gonna cut. get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so when I was like, do I cancel and reschedule, or I like, I had that decision of I could yeah. live with that if that's what I wind up walking out of there with. <laughs> right. I just need some of this stuff. I need it to stop sticking to my armpits. Okay. Okay. Great job. Thanks. Hey, one bad mother. I'm calling with a genius. Today I was outside in the backyard with my two children who are six and two, but nearly six and two and a half. And uh, a blue jay came and perched itself right on the fence. I thought to myself, oh, the kids love that. And then I thought to myself, if I tell them about the blue jay, it, they're going to get excited and startle it and it will scare it away and I won't get to see this blue jay anymore. So I didn't say anything. I just sat there and enjoyed the blue jay. And it for several minutes, which was surprising. But it was nice. <laughs> my genius is that I did not bring my kids in on my enjoyment today, I guess. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This is so yeah. good. You're doing I, I'm, I'm in for this. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. We should not feel guilt if yeah. we choose to not share something magical yeah. with our children. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't have to be everything. We don't have to point out all the yeah. stuff. You can yeah. just you can hear it when you say it yeah. was really nice. Yeah. You can hear how much you needed that little something that was just yours. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You deserved it. Good job leaving your children out. Really good job. Really good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. Yesterday, I was taking Oscar to do these vision assessments that were taking forever. (laughs) And he had to do a lot of work. And he already knew what it was going to be because he didn't finish the first day that we went to do them. And so he knew we were going back for more. And he asked me, When we were on the way there, could we go to Target and get some Pokemon cards after as a reward? And I thought about it. I've gotten very good at not just reflexively saying yes or no to things. I was like, let me think about it. I thought about it for a little bit. I haven't been to Target. I haven't been. Wow, you haven't. haven't. I just, I don't go, I'm not the store person and we... It's just, we just, I haven't done it, Yeah. but I don't really have a problem with it. I just hadn't done it yet. And there's one, there's a target really close to where we were going. And I had taken Oscar there to get Pokemon cards a couple years ago. So like, I knew the target, like I knew the target. I knew where the Pokemon (laughs) cards were. I felt like we had enough time and I was like, you know what? That's, that's a totally like... reasonable reward for you finishing these assessments today. And so he was super excited and he finished all his assessments and he totally finished his assessments because of the Pokemon cards. Like he was very fixated on like getting it done so that we could leave and go get the Pokemon cards. So we went to Target 
And we looked in the spot where the Pokemon cards were before and they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And we looked everywhere else and they weren't there. And then we mm-hmm. asked and some very nice Target employees sadly informed us that Target what? no longer carries Pokemon what? cards because there have been recent incidents of adults fighting over Pokemon cards. What? Yes. Because there's like special cards getting released. And so now they're only selling them online. And oh my they God. were really nice and really apologetic because they could see that I was with, you know, a seven-year-old yeah. who was having his hopes and dreams crushed. Yeah. And I will say... Oscar handled it really well, but what the fail was was that now we were in a target. Yeah. With him being owed a reward. Yep. Me needing to leave to go to a meeting. Yeah. And then just the whole toy aisle. And like, there's nothing else that's Pokemon cards. Like, there's nothing else that's like five bucks for a pack and you feel great about that. Like, everything else is like a $29.99 toy. Yep. And there's so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, you know, we got through it, but the fail was just, this was so exactly the thing that I was thinking through beforehand, before saying yes to this. That I did not want to put myself in this position of just being in the no man's land of the toy <laughs> aisle and not ha- like not having no a way game out, plan. Yeah. not knowing what he, you know. And then he, or obviously, ordering online is not acceptable no. because you want the thing right then, you want it right now. Blah 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 blah. Oh, it sucked so much. Oh, I am really sorry. Thank you. That I I do see where the fail is okay i know that that exists but who on earth would think that there would like not be the pokemon cards at target where they have lived my entire known existence yes of target and pokemon i know i know i i unbelievable i know it's unbelievable i know well you're doing a horrible job not knowing everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know how this is a fail, but it feels like a fail. And for the last seven days, Ellis has come into the bedroom in the middle of the night. Oh. One of those nights, Cat came in first with like a nightmare. Oh and my God. Cat okay. came into the bed yeah. with the nightmare and then said, then said the next day, Papa was like moving around. And I was like, because there was a yeah. kid in the bed. Yeah. He doesn't move around when I'm in the bed. Yeah. But Ella's, for a week, has been coming in. Sometimes it's been like I had a bad dream. So I'm like, I ain't going to go back. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets in and we snuggle. And usually he eventually falls on to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I nudge Stefan. Stefan gets up, picks him up, takes him back to bed. No problem. And nice. I've been like, that's a, that's like a win. Yeah. But now, like last night, he came in and it wasn't like, it was just a, I can't sleep at 11.55 at night. Ugh. I can't, Ugh. I can't sleep. And then eventually later, he identified that he was really hot. Mm-hmm. And then there was so much kicking and moving. And then because Kat had made the jokes about Stefan snoring and that kind of thing, Ellis, not whispering, in the bed while Stefan is asleep. Oh, he's 
noises Papa's making. Ah! And I'm like, uh-uh, you are in yeah. our bed. Yeah. Papa makes the noises. Yeah. That's, would you like to go back to your room? Yeah. No. Basically, I don't, I don't know what per se is the fail, but I feel like tired shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime you're up in the night, it feels like a fail. Plus, how do you like having that kind of conversation with your child in the middle of the night? Like, I hate it. No, like being like, no, you're in here. Like, like, I don't want to do that. Right. You don't want to be talking. You don't want to be explaining stuff. I don't want to talk. No. I'm tired of elbows in the bosom. I am tired of (laughs) of there being this demand on just the right position I'm supposed to get in, right? And then the cats are like, yay, I'm still going to come. Do you guys have a king bed now? No, we don't. What do you have? We have have? a queen bed. It is not the right size. It's not a family bed. It's a bed for a queen. Well, especially with big kids. Yeah, they're big kids. Yeah. They're big kids. Yeah. They're not little kids. No. They're big with elbows. Yeah. Elbows and knees. Ugh, I'm Ugh. really sorry. That's yeah. horrible. It just, it yeah. just, it's just taken a toll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Biz and Teresa. I have a glorious fail. I had my son two years and some change ago. Um, right after he was born, I got an IUD put in since he's two and a half. We decided that we were going to do some family planning, if you will, and try for a second baby. So I got my IUD taken out. This is relevant because I haven't had to use period products since I was pregnant over three years ago. And I thought I'd give my old diva cup another go. And if you can't tell where this is going, then, like, are you even a parent? Because, yes, (laughs) it was clean. But I left it, my Diva Cup, after using it, on the side of the sink and ran to the bathroom to find my kid just, like, chewing on it. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. I I don't know how to parent or period anymore. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't have that second child. Everything I know is a lie, and I'm calling it all into question. So, yeah, <laughs> you're doing a great job. And remember to keep your, you know, blood cup uh, out of the cellar's reach. Bye. Biohazard. That's right. Chapter 12. What to expect when there's a baby in your house. If you are to use a diva cup, please make sure to keep it out to reach. I don't know. That, I got to tell you, it could be a hat. Teething toy. Teething toy. Right? If you had a dog in the house, it would easily become a chew toy. Mm -hmm. Right? I bet it bounces a little. Mm -hmm. I bet there's a bounce to it. Mm-hmm. And that's horrible. That yeah. that if there was ever an intimate object <laughs> that was just for you, that you really <laughs> don't want your child's fingers on, or just or like, for them to interact with to in any way, interact with it, even yeah. in the same room. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should just use your diva cup outside of the house. Like every time, just like travel to a friend's house or in-laws and just, this is where I have to put it in and out. And I'm going to store it here like a, like a night guard, but for your diva cup, something like that. This is, this is awful. And what's great is it's a new one. 
Yeah, yeah it's a new n- one. This is a yeah. new one. I yep. am so excited about this being a new one. Yes. Congratulations. So, congratulations on doing a horrible job and being willing to share it with all of us. <laughs> <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. Spring is here and summer is basically also here. So (laughs) why not gift your young innovators with super cool STEAM projects to celebrate the end of the school year? And I got to say, that makes it sound like it might be kind of boring, but it's not. (laughs) I love their products. They're so well tested, well thought out. They actually make it very easy for the kids at the recommended ages to actually do these projects pretty much on their own with just me keeping an eye or offering a little support. I have to say one of our most recent kits we did was an air cannon and I am not sure who enjoyed making the air cannon more. Uh, yeah. Me or Ellis. It might have been me. With KiwiCo there's something for every kid or kid at heart every month. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com promo code bad mother. Hey, you like movies? What about coming up with movie ideas over the course of an hour? Because that's what we do every week on Story Break, a writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have an hour to come up with a pitch for a movie or TV show based off of totally zany prompts. Like that time we reimagined Star Wars based on our phone's autocomplete. Luke Skywalker is a family man and it's Star Wars, but it's a good idea. (laughs) How about that time we broke the story of a bunch of Disney Channel original movies based solely on the title and the poster? Okay, Sarah Hyland is a 50-foot woman. Let's just go with it, guys. Or the time we finally cracked the Adobe Photoshop feature film. Stamp tool is your Woody, and then the autofill is the new Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) Join us as we have a good time imagining all the movies Hollywood is too cowardly to make. Story Break comes out every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I don't know why I'm using this voice now. Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie, and also, Who's That Grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a Policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. It's time to settle in, virtually snuggle up with Teresa, and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, I'm calling with a rant. My five-year-old for the holidays wanted a dragon. And he saw this dragon in, like, a, you know, catalog, and that was, like, the only thing that he circled, and he was just obsessed with it and whatever, and so we got him this dragon. Not a big deal. Um, And it came with, like, all this other stuff, and 
my husband decided that he needed to show him, you know, because, of course, it's not just, like, a dragon. It's, you know, part of a universe of cartoons and other toys and yada, yada. So my husband decided that he needed to show him the cartoon. Not really age-appropriate for him, I don't think, um, but he's obsessed with it now. He's obsessed with this dragon and these characters and these battles and, like, fine. Um but I'm just sick of hearing about it, and I'm with him all the fucking time. <laughs> He's identified, like, another kid in his online preschool class who is also into these things, so maybe it is more age-appropriate than I – I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, now he wants to, like, meet this kid in person and have, like, battles, and I'm just like, I did nothing to contribute to this. Like, I <laughs> – you know, I I bought him the, the dragon toy that he wanted, but – I don't know why that means that he has to be introduced to this entire world. I just, I just want to control his life and his consumption and his media consumption. And <laughs> I just got to start letting that go because he's five and he's growing up. Anyway, I fucking hate this dragon. <laughs> Thanks for the show. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you so much. I you're do doing, too. You're doing such a good job like yes, right up into are. the point of the like where you're like because i mean i don't know he's five and there's the pause and then I, I know where we wind up going but before that i wanted to be like yeah he's five he's practically able to buy cigarettes and beer right <laughs> <laughs> oh you, the dragon okay you did this whole setup of how this dragon came to be and all but none of that was really the point it was the point that you are the one who has to be uh, the sounding board, the sound sponge, as it were, for all information related to this new interest. It is nonstop, never-ending, and it, like, tweaks us, I think, in that spot of, like, how much can I tune out before my kid thinks I don't care about them or love them? <laughs> That's where I go. I'm like, I need you to just stop talking about it. Like, you can't, it's like, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, mm -hmm. mm, interesting. Then they're like, well, ask me five questions about it. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to know about it. And it's exhausting. And then that plays it takes in. so it takes oh. so much energy. Yeah, especially when the kids are home so much right now because Oof. we're trying to use some of our day to think about the things we need to think about. Yeah, like I have this friend and I hear her voice in my head sometimes. Like she told me that one time she just said to her kids, "Like, um, can you just hang on a minute? Because I have my own thoughts in my head too." <laughs> Like, and I just love that because it's, yeah. it's like that sometimes, sometimes there's like an, a, a fight that's happening between the information that's coming in nonstop from them and the thing that we're trying to process internally that has nothing to do yeah. with what they're talking to us about. And that can be a painful feeling. Like yeah. it can actually like physically hurt to to me yeah. Yeah. to be trying to think through think about something that I'm thinking about and have something coming at me yeah it's coming at you yeah like, there's no book that's like you better listen to every single boring piece of shit like trivia about this thing that your kid is obsessed with right now at this moment and love it okay it's okay that you don't love it 
now we move to the symbolism of the dragon and your child growing up, right? Like now you have this mix of like emotion of not, I don't know, for me it does. For me it's like, Teresa's giving me the like, I didn't go there. But where I'm like, you suddenly go into like the control of media and I want to be able to control everything (laughs) that goes on in my kid's life and I can't. And I simultaneously also don't want to be listen to any of the stuff they actually <laughs> this is me talking <laughs> no i i relate to that too i just i think the piece that i'm connecting with the most is like this almost like this feeling of loss yeah that when we don't when we're not that interested in the stuff that they're yes. interested in and that they're not interested in something we want we thought they'd be interested in or something we thought we'd be interested in together there is like a little bit of sadness there and that and it's a separation. It's like, oh yeah, you're your own person and you might not like the things I thought we would enjoy together. Now I can't like I can't fix that. Yeah. You know, he's five and he's getting into what he's gonna get into, and you're seeing how that's gonna go sometimes. Yeah. He's gonna go off and have his interests and it hurts not to care sometimes, right, Viz? Yeah. Like when I, it when it hurts. And we were just talking about this ourselves offline, the feeling of of realizing that you really have no control over what your kid likes or doesn't like or how they move through the world and, and how that differs from what you want, you thought you wanted for them. And what a yuck place that is to be in, in your mind, because that's not what you're prepared for. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so so I, all of that is to say you're doing a good job. You don't have to like everything your kid likes. It is exhausting to have to listen to it all. And you also get to be sad and disappointed about it. Yeah, totally. So yeah. you are amazing. Yeah, you are. Teresa, you are also amazing, and I adore you. Thanks, Biz. You are also amazing, and I'm very happy that you're my friend. I am happy that you are my friend, and I'll I'll talk to you next week if you want. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. What did we learn today, everybody? That friendship is magic? I think we did. I had such a nice time talking with Jessica and Lennon, and I am, I will admit how jealous I am of their situation in which they got to almost forced (laughs) to stay physically in each other's lives during those newborn months, years. I think it's such a testament to the lesson that I have learned in working with Teresa over these years, as well as having a chance to interact and hear from you guys just that you don't have to be the same people to be friends. You don't have to approach life or parenting the same way to still respect and enjoy parenting alongside a friend. I I just remember how isolating those early years are and the pandemic hasn't helped those who are new to kids in their house and those of us who who thought 
those days of isolation were over. <laughs> and so I just, I thought it was really great hearing from them and their experiences. And I got to say, Best Friends Forever and uh, Playing House are so fucking funny and relatable. I cannot recommend them enough. So you can go find those. We'll link you up to where. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. I don't know what summer is going to be like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what less restrictions are going to look like. And I am definitely in a place of being overtired and unsure about so many things. And I know, thankfully, that I am not alone in that. So I share that with the hope that it will make you feel less alone if that is where you are. None of this is easy. In fact, it's ridiculously difficult. And I see you and you are doing such a good job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to load down mama blues. I got to load down mama blues. Got to load down mama blues. Load down mama blues. Got to load down mama blues. Got to load down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.